Welcome to a new episode of the MBSE podcast. Today, we again have a very special guest. We have invited David Endler, and maybe you know, David served for two years as in COSI technical director and is a member of OSE, like Tim, and an independent consultant and trainer in the field of MBSE and SE. He can give us excellent information about ISO 15288, um, as he is the lead editor for the current version or revision, as well as the lead editor for 24748-2, the guide to 15288. Welcome, David. Thank you. Thanks for inviting me. Yeah, welcome, David. So, well, it seems that you are very familiar with systems engineering. And uh, when did you get first in touch with systems engineering? Ah, uh, that was uh, right in my, my my first job. So when I left university, I studied physics here at the University of Hamburg, and I was involved in a project at uh, at Airbus, which was uh, back in two thousand and two. So I, this year, I'm having my twentieth anniversary in systems engineering, uh, because from the very first day on. I apply systems engineering to all of my, my professional work. And in the meantime, yeah, so to say, also applied in some of my, uh, so to say, private uh, endeavors. <laughs> and uh, how would you describe your current role? Um, my current role is that I'm working as a, as a coach, as a trainer, or uh, an independent consultant on systems engineering. Uh, doing some, some, some minor consultancy work, but now mainly giving trainings on systems engineering. Uh, for people who either just want to get more uh, proficient in systems engineering or want to get certified either to the INCOSI standard or to the SE3 standard, which was developed here in uh, in Germany. Mm -hmm. And well, as a freelancer, how do you ensure that you can provide benefits to your customers? Um, I'm always um, trying to be on, on, on top of things, so to say, uh, which means that I'm uh, trying to, to learn as much as possible. And as, an, as a freelancer, of course, I must, so to say, educate myself and uh, be up to date. And this is by, by ensuring, so to say, as a, for volunteer work, you know, either for INCOSI or for, for ISO, um, <clears throat> just discussing with all of the experts in the area of systems engineering, so this is the way how I ensure, so to say, that I'm uh, that I'm up to date in order to provide the, uh, the maximum benefit for for my customers. Yeah, great. So um, we are together here today mainly for ISO fifteen two eighty eight, and uh, we prepared some questions. And to all our live listeners, if you have questions for David, just use the live chat feature from YouTube so you can ask questions and uh, we will ask them to David. Yeah, David, first question. Uh, you're working or volunteering for ISO. How did you come to ISO? Uh, there was uh, there was a couple of years ago when I was serving as a technical director for the for the German chapter of INCOSI and we had a very interesting um, um, talk at uh, our presentation at one of the uh, national symposia from the GFSE, the German chapter of INCOSI. And it was introduced yeah, that there you can meet some uh, some experts to discuss, so to say, the, uh, uh, the current revisions or future revisions of uh, systems engineering standards. Uh, so I volunteered yeah, through uh, GFSE to become a member of, of, of DIN, yeah, which is the German national body for standardization. 
And, um, <clears throat> and when I was just sort of getting more and more involved, uh, then Nkosi asked me if I'd be interested in becoming their technical director. So I said, okay, I'm, an, I'm a freelancer, so it's, uh, I can do either or, but I cannot do both at the same time, yeah, because I also must earn some, some money, yeah. So, uh, and then I said, okay, let's, uh, let's put it, so to say, on hold, the, the work for Dean and ISO. And after I served for four years in total on the INCOSI board of directors, um, <clears throat> so to say, I was just right in time to become uh, involved again in the standardization work for the new update of uh, 15.288, uh, which was then kicked off uh, someone last year. So there was a slight overlap, uh, but it was still okay because I was already preparing my retirement from, from INCOSI, so to say. Uh, so we, we just call it 15.288 and sometimes we call it uh, ISO 15.288, but the full name is ISO IEC IEEE 15.288. So, well, is it an ISO standard or is it an IEC standard or is it an IEEE standard? And but who is ISO and why can they publish standards and who's IEC and who's IEEE and how they're connected? So can you clarify that a bit? Uh, yes, of course. <laughs> Although it's a lot of questions at the same yeah. time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, um, so first question, I guess, was um, who, who owns, so to say, the standard? So it's all three of those standardization organizations. They they work together. So ISO is the International Standardization Organization. Yeah, with a lot of different uh, standards. IEC is a little more specialized. Yeah, in uh, for in, the, in the terms of uh, electronic uh, committees. Yeah, so which means they are more related. Uh, to technical um, standards, uh, IEEE as well, which is the Institute for Electric, Electrical and Electronics Engineers, or something like that. Yeah, mm -hmm. uh, please forgive me if I, if I mix it up slightly, uh, because we're just talking with those abbreviations normally and uh, not exactly knowing what the abbreviations mean. However, all three of them, they now work together and they send their experts in order to come up, so let's say, with the, with the most beneficial wordings for the, for the end users. Uh, and uh, it is currently, oh, it depends on how, how you do the counting. So the first version was developed in 2002, uh, then it was updated in 2008. And in 2004, I guess it was adopted by, by IEEE and so then the 2008 version was already um, <clears throat> sorry, with IEEE involvement. Then the 2015 version was the first one when it was ISO, IEC, IEEE. Yeah? So therefore, so to say the counter was reset to zero yeah? or to one, uh, which means that the 2015 version was the second revision, even though it was already third or fourth, yeah? depending on how you count. And now it's the, the, uh, the 2015 version is the one that is still up to date. So to say the last one that was reapproved. And now we're working on the 20, probably 2023 version. Uh, that's about the date when we expect that it will be approved in about March timeframe. Mm -hmm. So to say one year from now. Uh, yes, that's, that's right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, David. Mm -hmm. uh, so maybe not everybody is uh, is familiar with the 15.288 in depth. So could you give us a rough overview what the content of 15.288 is? Yeah, sure. So 15.288 is on, on system lifecycle processes, yeah? which means that it contains all of those processes that you need as a company 
in order to build successful systems. So this comprises more than, than just technical expertise. So of course you need to be very proficient in, in, in the way you're working and way you're developing your, your systems. And this is uh, the area uh, we all know very well with the requirements, uh, engineering with architecture definition, integration, verification, validation, and it ends with the disposal. So the full life cycle um, is, uh, is defined in this, in this standard. But again, this is not enough to be successful on the market. Yeah? So you also have to manage your systems in terms of technical management. So you have to apply something like project management processes, you know, like technical planning, uh, configuration management, risk management, decision management. So all of that must uh, work hand in hand with the, uh, with the engineering activities. And in addition, you also need to be on the market, which means that no company that I know of is a as a depth of 100%, which means you need to acquire some systems or services that you need to build your, your systems. And at the same time, of course, you have to bring your systems to the market. So acquisition and supply are grouped under the so-called agreement processes. And then every company, even my company, even though I'm just, uh, it's only me working on several projects in parallel, yeah, which means that you have something, have to have something like an overarching uh, project management uh, for all those different projects going on at the same time, which is the so-called uh, portfolio management, yeah, giving priorities to the different projects in your organization. You need to have something like knowledge management and uh, quality management system. So in all of these processes, yeah, all together, they form what we call the organizational project enabling processes. Uh, and all of that is, uh, is part of 15288. And uh, this gives you an, an, a full um, overview of all the processes that you need in order to be successful on the, on, on the, on the market. So this is in, in brief what is contained in, in 15288. Well, that sounds quite large. So do you know how thick the document is, the specification document, the PDF, how many pages? Uh, it's a little bit more than 100 pages, if I remember right. So the uh, the content mm -hmm. is, uh, is 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 rather sharp. Yeah. So yeah. In, it is not the case that this really uh, that you want to learn something about systems engineering. This is probably not the document you should go for. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because uh, uh, you need to have a lot of background information on why certain things are in there and how exactly it's meant meant to be. So it's not really a guide. Um, but there's um, there's some other standards which do a much much better job. For example, um, IEEE uh, 12 uh, uh, 12207 was the uh, was was the document that 15280 is, is based on, and this had a lot of more examples how to really implement how to really do things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Until then, 15288 so to say brought it on an, on an, on the next higher level. Mm. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Just by coincidence, we have a very good question uh, also on, on, on the same topic, so to say. So one of our listeners asks, uh, should uh, very small entities uh, adopt 15288 or should they better go to 29110? And um, how are those standards related? Are the same people behind it? Uh, can you say something to that? Oh yeah, yeah, sure. Um, so it's uh, it's not really exactly the same people behind it, but it is from the same working group within ISO. Yeah. So therefore, mm -hmm. uh, we have to pay a lot of attention that those standards are perfectly aligned. 
And, um, and it really depends on your organization. Yeah? So if you're, if you're used to adapting um, standards to your own organization, yeah? so then uh, 29.110 is, uh, is perfectly fine. Yeah? It's, an, it's a huge series of, uh, um, of, of, of standards yeah? with uh, several sort of say, um, cases here. So depending on the size of your company and on the area you're working in, yeah, they have different profiles, I guess they, uh, are, they, that's in the right name. And then you have to pick the right processes out of that. And they are fully aligned with 15288. Yeah, so this, is, uh, this works perfectly fine. If you have no experience yeah, in how to tailor and how to adapt processes to your own organization, it probably is easier to use 15288 instead of 29110 because you have to find your way through it's not really a jungle, uh, those processes, but you have to be a little more experienced in how to adapt and how to tailor standards to your organization. Okay, thank mm -hmm. you. Well, I think you mentioned that uh, the first version of 15288 was published 2004, 2002 or so. And was it completely developed from scratch or is, is it a successor to, to another standard? Oh, of course, they, they didn't start from, from, from scratch as a lot of experienced people were, were involved in that time. So it was more or less so the same when, when I was just starting my systems engineering career. So I don't have the full background on, on how it really um, um, was involved. But the first one that I know of was, was MIL standard 499, uh, which was the first systems engineering standard that was out there. It was then developed and was an, was an ANSI standard on, on systems engineering. So there was a lot of pre-work already done before, mm -hmm. and 15288 was the first version, so to say, putting pulling together all of those different threads out there. And then finally, um, ISO convinced all of the other uh, leading organizations to really participate in this effort, uh, like INCOSI, like IEEE, and IEC, and they all joined forces for the for the 2008 version. Uh, which was then, so to say, the first one that was really, uh, so to say, a common work uh, within all of the um, uh, different uh, standardization organizations. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay, but what I don't really get is why is fifteen two eighty eight so important for systems engineering? So, or ask the other way around: Can I apply systems engineering without looking into fifteen two eighty eight? Uh, definitely yes. Yeah. So this one, this one just gives you, so to say, the, the framework for your organization. Yeah. It doesn't really tell you how to really, uh, let's say, in detail apply model-based systems engineering or systems engineering. It describes more or less only the activities and tasks that should be implemented in your in your organization. Of course, if you have something that that has proven to work in the past, yeah, it's always about it's all about tailoring, so to say. Yeah. Please never ever just take 15288 and say, oh, now we got a new standard process or development process. Yeah, this, this simply just won't work. Uh, so therefore, depending on your um, on the history of your organization, depending on your culture and, uh, and a few other things, um, <clears throat> just look out for those chunks and parts that you that you see, oh, we're missing something here. Yeah, then 15288 could really be a, a, a good benefit. But of course, we all know that in systems, typically everything interacts with everything else. So which means sometimes it's very difficult yeah, just to cut out a few pieces because all of that is somewhat interconnected. And uh, in many cases, it just makes more sense to really uh, adapt very closely to 15288. But at the same time, what I always tell my customers, 
make sure that you're using the right language. So it's a your language, the language of your organization and make it work in a way that your people will accept it. Yeah? And therefore sometimes it may take two, maybe even three steps um, before you have fully implemented 15.288. But I can imagine because it's very, very general, a lot of companies out there already comply to 15.88, maybe without knowing it. Yeah? So that's, mm -hmm. uh, that's what I discover very often. Mm -hmm. But uh, is it possible that that I, as a project, can prove that I work according to 15288? So are there any assessments and I can achieve uh, 15288 level three or something like that, uh, or certificates? <laughs> and uh, I think this could be important for, for tenders, for example, no? that it is requested that the company works according to 15288, things like that. Uh, yes, of course. And and, and ISO is, uh, is also building their own business case, so to say. Mm -hmm. yeah, therefore, they have... Uh, uh, they've put together another ISO standard on, on assessment of 15288 and 12207, uh, which is sort of say the other standard on, on, on software engineering or software system uh, development. And this is uh, 33004 yeah, from the 2015 version, which was just uh, renewed 2020. So it is still valid yeah, without any, any changes. And this gives you guidance on how to build all of those assessments and uh, how to prove that you're working according to 15288. Yeah? Mm -hmm. So again, the number is uh, 33004. Yeah? That's, uh, that's the one that you have to look up. And of mm -hmm. course, you have to pay for that one again. And then you have to find companies. Yeah? There are many out there, typical suspects, I would say, um, <clears throat> that can help you in order to uh, make this process assessment. And uh, then you get certified as, an, uh, as a company or it is an organization that you're working according to 15288. Mm -hmm. Okay. So we already talked about uh, the version 2008, 2015, and uh, you already mentioned that the next version will be most likely be 2023. Um, so can you give us some insights? What will the biggest changes of the new version? Mm -hmm. Um, as, as mentioned before, as, as a document exists or if you for quite some time, it's not really a revolution, so to say. Yeah? So there's no new processes were added, <clears throat> which always makes people very nervous yeah? when new processes are added because then they are all of a sudden, yeah, you are certified according to 15288. Then there is a new process and then you have to make sure that you align again with, uh, with this uh, mm -hmm. the new standard. The only change, let me say, on this on this very high level was that one process was slightly renamed yeah, from architecture definition to system architecture definition, which may seem that's pretty pretty trivial and straightforward, but it was a huge discussion behind it. Yeah. So, and uh, <clears throat> uh, can maybe if uh, we can do it in, in 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 another podcast. Yeah, because it will fill <laughs> at least one one hour or so. But anyway. Um, um, they say looking at as an so they say as an user of uh, fifteen twenty eight, of course, uh, since the last version is from twenty fifteen, some other standards that are that are referenced by fifteen twenty eighty eight have been updated in the meantime. Yeah, like sixteen oh eighty five, which is the, um, the the standard on on risk management. Yeah, and uh, this one has been updated in the meantime. So therefore, changes done to this one were now also implemented in 15.288. The same is true for configuration management and some uh, some other areas. And uh, mainly was then just uh, so to say mainly minor minor changes, yeah, to some of the uh, some of the contents. 
some of the things that we experience very often, because of course the editors on a regular basis, they get feedback also from the, from the user community. And what we, what we experience that very often, the concept of enabling system, interoperating system and interfacing systems was not very well understood. Yeah? So therefore we also expanded this section. We gave some more explanation about the concept definition, yeah, the very early stages of a an, of an project. So all of that is non-normative. Yeah? Mm -hmm. These are just the informative clauses for the, for the, for the normative clauses. Yeah? And there was, uh, I say, all these, only these, uh, these, these minor changes, like adding logistics to the maintenance process, as an example. Yeah? It's, um, <clears throat> so it's in, in detail, when you want to comply to 15, 288, there's, uh, there's some changes in there but not too much. Yeah? So those, pros, uh, those organizations, which are currently certified according to the 15288 uh, processes from 2015, it shouldn't be a very big deal for them yeah, to, to switch to the 2023 version. Mm -hmm. That's good news. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, but the, probably something that you might be very interested in is that we have an, a new NXD, which is also informative, which is, which is uh, some information on model-based systems engineering. Yeah, oh. that was uh, something that was uh, <clears throat> that is new to this version. Some other stuff was then just kicked out because it was seen no longer to be that that, that important, so to say. And uh, this standard elaborates, yeah, on the benefits of uh, <clears throat> of uh, following a model-based approach to do systems engineering. Yeah, it explains in more detail all of the benefits that you have from from using a model-based approach. Mm -hmm. For example, in the very early stages, yeah, that you have. Uh, a better uh, traceability, that you have higher consistency uh, within all of your data sets. Sure. So all of all of that is now included in 15288, uh, um, introducing um, so, or encouraging all of the companies to do all of their development model-based. Yeah, yeah I'm sure that was one of the big criticisms on the current versions, uh, that you did not have a link to MBSE. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Does it provide a definition of MBSE? Uh, in the very in the very first sentence, yes, and I, I, I knew they were asking that uh, that one, but it's not something um, because Tim, you did some 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 research and, and very this uh, defined so so mm -hmm. nothing new, yeah. So it's uh, it's still this uh, this this one uh, the same one sentence, and mm -hmm. uh, so so to say we we didn't dare uh, as as ISO editors or as uh, editors of fifteen twenty eight. Uh, let me say to to start a huge conversation and and and, and discussion on on the definition of model based systems engineering. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, I tried to have a look into the new standard and opened the ISO website, and there the new standard is already listed. Um, and I saw that uh, now there's another abbreviation added to the long name, so it's now it's an ISO IEC IEEE DIS fifteen two eighty eight standard. So what is the meaning of DIS? Uh, DIS stands for Draft International Standard, oh. uh, which means that uh, this one is now in, in, in draft, so it has gone through a so-called working draft stage. Mm -hmm. yeah, so this was the was this was the very first one. So this is the stage where you can do, so to say, a lot of changes to the standard. Yeah, so you don't you don't have to explain anybody. Uh, no, it's, that's not really the case. But the editors have. And some some freedom in order to introduce new material. Um, all of that was based on a so-called ad hoc group. Yeah, so um, <clears throat> I put together an ad hoc group of experts and asked them, so please make uh, propose some changes to 15288 
that reflect the, st uh, the current state of the practice. Mm -hmm. So the, in, at the ISO standards, they always reflect state of the practice and not state of the art, yeah? which means that everything that's sort of say that's already well known in industry, that is what comes into the standards. So it's not that much future looking as maybe some, uh, some, 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 some other publications. Yeah? And it really defines what is, uh, what is currently done by many organizations um, in, in, in the world. Mm -hmm. And from there on, <clears throat> so to say, then we attached the so-called working draft version with a lot of changes or we, we implemented already a lot of the changes I just mentioned. And then it, it goes through the so-called CD phase, which are the commenting drafts, which are then sent out to all of the national bodies. Yeah, so here in Germany, that's, that's Dean mm -hmm. and APNO in France and, and, and all of the others. And there's a voting behind it. Yeah, so there's a balloting and you have comments and you have to, as editors, you have to do the so-called comments disposition. So we have to answer each and every comment, yeah, either accept or accept in principle, uh, defer, or we can also reject them. Yeah, but all of that needs to be justified. And then there's a huge ISO meeting again, where all of these uh, dispositions are <clears throat> discussed, and then it moves on to the next stage. Mm -hmm. And BIS, so to say, is the, uh, <clears throat> uh, is the, is the second last one. Yeah, so after that, it's a it's final uh, draft international standard, so-called FDIS. Mm -hmm. And there it's only allowed to do very, really very minor changes, you know, like some uh, spelling errors and, uh, and things like that, but no longer, uh, no more uh, technical comments. Uh, if you say, oh, I'm unhappy with the way how you deal, uh, how you treat MBSE, then mm -hmm. we, of course, we collect it, but it will be then for the next revision in 2031 or so. Mm -hmm. And can anyone file an issue or change request, or uh, is it only possible through the national bodies like Dean? Yeah, so this is so it's mainly for the for the for the national bodies like like Dean, um, and of course the Dean representatives very often they are also asked to involve other experts as needed. Yeah, but they of course need to justify and make sure that those uh, people do not distribute uh, the uh, the document with uh, with everybody. Mm -hmm. And um, and then there's also so-called liaison partners. For example, INCOSI is a so-called liaison partner, which means that they can provide comments, but they have no voting rights. Yeah? So they cannot mm -hmm. vote, they cannot approve or disapprove the, the whole document, but they provide a lot of experts. And of course, they have a certain, certain standing in, the, um, um, in, in standardization and in their treatment on, uh, on, on systems engineering in general which means that uh, these comments are treated just like any other um, comment from, uh, from one of the national bodies. Okay, so, so if I'm interested in filing an issue or change request, um, I should ask my local chapter of Nkosi, right? And then they can help me. Uh, yeah, so, so we, within Nkosi, there's a so-called uh, Standards Development Department, uh, mm -hmm. which was founded or which was put in place at the time when I was the technical director, and they are organizing all of the reviews on the, on the various uh, international standards uh, where Nkosi uh, intends to participate in the, in, in, in the commenting phase. Mm -hmm. So yeah, if you're interested, get in touch with the, the leader of the Standards Development Department, which is currently Richard Martin from the USA. Mm -hmm. uh, but his uh, uh, deputy is uh, Daniel um, from Daniel Siegel from uh, Liba Liba. Yeah? So he's uh, from, from Austria, at least yeah. speaking. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, we already had Daniel here on the podcast. 
Okay, good. <laughs> yeah, and I remember he mentioned it. Yeah, yeah. right. <laughs> yeah, so, David, I guess you are not writing the standard alone. <laughs> so, who else is on, on this committee? Or... Uh, so when we when 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 we started, um, it was uh, it was Gary Rodler uh, leading the the whole effort. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, probably a lot of people know Gary Rodler and very very experienced systems engineer. He's an Incosi pioneer. He's an Incosi fellow, and so he's a lot of. Uh, I say he's an ESEP. Yeah, so he, he he sort of say he achieved all of the uh, the certificates and and recognitions that you can achieve in your your life as a systems engineer. And uh, it is really, it is really a big honor for me uh, working uh, together with him. So he was leading the ad hoc team, yeah, together uh, with uh, Gerald Jones, also from the United States, and uh, Bill Bearden, who at the same time is also a so-called convener in in uh, in ISO, which means that he oversees all of these standards within the working group seven, uh, which is the one on on, uh, on system life cycles. And uh, Philippe Boury from uh, from France, yeah. So it was a team, five of us. We developed this, uh, this, uh, this, this draft version, of course, based on a couple of ideas that we came up as a team, uh, but also a lot of inputs that we received yeah, from, a, from an ISO meeting where all of the national bodies collected some ideas. Yeah? So this is what we brought forward. And uh, then we worked ourselves through the working draft, the CD1 and CD2. Yeah, there were two commenting drafts out there. And then Gary decided because he's now he now retired from uh, from Lockheed Martin, and he said, "Okay, I want to get rid of let me say getting all of these involvements in Incosi and ISO and everything." So he asked me if I'd be willing to take over as an as an uh, project editor in order to ensure yeah that all of his knowledge is transferred to the next generation yeah so so again it's a it's a big honor for me to take over from from, from Gary. Mm -hmm. uh, at the moment, not really sure whether I can fill his footsteps, you know, because this is uh, really extremely hard. Um, <clears throat> but it's 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 really it's a lot of fun working with that uh, that team. They are all so experienced, and for me, it's uh, like every meeting is just like waking up and say, "Wow, here, thank you for sharing all of the knowledge with me." Yeah, and trying to learn as much as possible, knowing that in the next revision it might be me then leading others uh, to the next revision of fifteen mm -hmm. to eighty-eight. Well. <laughs> so an, another important publication in systems engineering is definitely the Incosi Handbook. And if I open the Incosi Handbook, well, it's it's full of processes, process descriptions. Uh, so it looks like that uh, ISO 15288 is also described in the in the handbook. And um, is it fully covered in the handbook, or is it an interpretation of the ISO standards? Or what's what's the relationship? So the, the Incosi handbook, the next revision, which will also then be published in 2023, mm -hmm. um, of course, is, is fully aligned with 15288. And uh, this is done by just ensuring that the same people work on, on, on uh, that work on 15288 are also involved in working on the handbook. So Gary Rotler is also an, an editor of uh, the Incosi handbook. And I was also just uh, accepted as another editor of the Incosi handbook, uh, the next revision, which will then be uh, released and I say probably a couple of months later than 15288. Mm -hmm. and, um, and of course, yeah, the description in there, it fully covers 15288 from all the processes that are described in 15288, but it also elaborates a little bit more on those um, on those processes. So it's got more than 400 pages, yeah, which mm -hmm. it adds a, a couple of more details and descriptions and uh, best practices and uh, 
common approaches and tips and and all of that is is also part of the cozy handbook plus some material that is that is not covered at all by 15288 um <clears throat> like let me say in more detail about the so-called quality characteristics yeah like uh, system safety and uh, uh, environmental considerations uh, <clears throat> and, and and all of that was formerly known as the so-called illities but uh, mm -hmm. today it's called more the quality characteristics mm -hmm. So is it sufficient to read the Nkosi handbook or do I have any value if I also read the, the standard? Uh, it depends on your use case, so to say. If you want to be compliant with the 15288 processes, there is no other way just to, to, to purchase 15288 mm -hmm. uh, because it's not really copy, a one-to-one -one copy because uh, Nkosi doesn't have the rights to copy, so to say, 15288. They only may take the, the purpose of each process and then the, the activities, but mm -hmm. not the tasks, yeah, which is the more details um, a description of what exactly to do. And also 15288 has only the, the process outcomes, so to say, yeah, which is more general, whereas the INCOSI handbook has the so-called process outputs. Yeah? So there's a, there's a slight difference between outcomes and outputs. So outcomes, mm -hmm. again, is more general about, okay, you have achieved the following, and outputs are then really documents, information items, and and things like that. So so a lot more detailed, yeah, like a specification or an interface document or or whatsoever. Yeah. So this is but this is not covered by by fifteen two eight eight. There it is more general. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. So and if uh, fifteen two eighty eight and the Incosi handbook is aligned, uh, is there also an alignment between fifteen two eighty eight and the new Incosi vision twenty thirty five? Well, the COSI version 2035 is, 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 is very much future looking. Yeah? So therefore, what I, what I said before, 15288 is a uh, state of the practice, yeah? which means that uh, the ISO standard is something like, uh, let me say, 10 years behind uh, the, um, uh, the, the vision document, yeah? which is very much future looking and explaining, I say, what approach yeah, is necessary in order to achieve this, uh, this vision, or at least to come close to it. Yeah? Probably you cannot fully achieve it. But what um, what needs to be done? But where the where all the things come together is uh, so to say that, that the Incosi vision also promotes a picture that we have to slightly change our approach to systems engineering as such, and in particular on the in the way how we educate our people uh, in order that they become um, say they become more fit for their work, so to say, yeah, when they apply systems engineering, and there of course then there's a big overlap to to fifteen to eighty eight because they will be working in this environment and uh, with 15288 processes. Mm -hmm. So I would say that was much information. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, even Stefan Roth mentioned he again learned uh, new abbreviations. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and a lot of new numbers. <laughs> yeah, that, that's for sure. So the same for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so this is this is really the case. Yes, yeah? so when you, uh, I also have here's kind of kind of a list. Yeah. So after a while, you get more and more used to it. Yeah, to all of these abbreviations and all these new numbers. Yeah, and, uh, <laughs> and uh, just in preparation for this uh, for this call, which was also my first question when I was first involved. Well, what is the standard? How how do you call it? Yeah. So is it is it fifteen thousand two hundred eighty eight or is it fifteen two eighty eight or just you don't want to be an idiot? Yeah. When you, when you talk <laughs> about that one. Yeah. So, uh, but I can I can tell you yeah, that just like 
and your your uh, your slogan is yeah trust us we're systems engineers so <laughs> you can you can do whatever you want yeah so it's, <laughs> no there's no big deal people will understand what you're talking about and you will not be uh, <clears throat> see seen as uh, somebody who's who's got no no idea about this whole thing I mean you just sort of see pronounce it in a slightly different way uh, mm -hmm. than others uh, than others do. Okay, so thank you, David, for being with us. Um, I hope this was also very interesting for our listeners. So if you enjoyed this episode, think about uh, giving us a thumbs up or um, subscribe to the YouTube channel to not miss any other episode. So what's next, Tim? Well, it's not finally set. Uh, we have some ideas and we also have asked some potential guests but it's not finally set but we will do that very soon okay yeah tim you will be on so, the next omg meeting so maybe uh, you find our next speaker there yeah maybe so it's in uh three weeks or so yeah in three mm -hmm. weeks in, in Reston, so near washington uh the the second physical omg meeting after the pandemic so that will be quite interesting a lot of this will be two stuff of course so Almost mm -hmm. every day, the whole day. <laughs> this will be too. Yeah, it'll so be quite if, interesting. If you, as a listener, want to know more about SysML uh, v2, let it, give us a comment under this video so we know that also you are interested in SysML v2 and we can organize some more talks about it. Sure. So, well, and then finally, do not forget trust us, we are systems engineers. Bye bye. <laughs> Goodbye. Bye -bye. Thank you.